From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to the show. In today's episode, we talk to veteran burner and all-American guy, Mac Maker, and virgin burner and Brazilian gal, Cynthia, about the American Dream, the new theme for Burning Man 2008. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up, we've got a new blog which can be found at burncast.blogspot.com. Our old blog used to be on MySpace, but for our third season of podcasts, we're branching out and we need more access for other Burncast contributors so that they can gain access through our back end to post content. We started our blog with MySpace at first, and it served us really well these past two seasons with the ability to embed links and photos and add podcast enclosures. And even though Tribe.net is the social network of choice for many burners, Tribe's blog service had limited capabilities, and so it simply was not an option to go with Tribe. But we've gone beyond what MySpace can provide, so we're moving the Burncast blog to Blogger, which is brought to you by those burner dudes at Google. For those of you on MySpace, don't worry, we'll continue to have a presence there. MySpace is an excellent way to hear the Burncast podcast directly through our profile. All you have to do is click on it, and the embedded MP3 player automatically plays the current episode. So expand your social network with us on Tribe or on MySpace, but be sure to join us on Blogger. Once again, the place to go is burncast at blogspot.com. Oh, and one more thing. The Burncast blog is open for comments. You'll have to prove you're a human and not a spammer, but we've set the comments so that you don't need to have an account with Blogger to post one. You can also simply click on the My Chingo recorder on the right column to leave an audio message, but remember that a microphone on your computer is required in order to leave a message. Okay, second up on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is a message from Alyssa in response to my request for opinions about Paul Addis, the alleged arsonist whose arraignment is set for 2-2 Tuesday, September 25th, 2007. Let's listen. Hey, I, I just uh, read the post about your request for opinions for or against uh, the act uh, arson that Paul Addis committed. What I would say, I guess, is you say active arson as if it were a bad thing. That's what I'm gathering. And I would say, in this case, um, I'm favoring the act. I feel like it's an active arson, good arson, for obvious reasons. Um, all you need to know about is a little bit about burning them and know that uh, this was a much-needed act. But any discussion of it's kind of pointless. It's actually all good. Um, especially because no one got hurt. Thanks, Angelo, for calling in and letting us know what you think. If you want to call in and give us your feedback, opinions, rants, or raves, just call the Burncast hotline at 775-363-5861. Okay, so now... Burncast podcasts are released on Tutu Tuesdays, and so since today's release coincides with Mr. Addis's arraignment, we've scheduled a Skype cast to discuss it with the community. Let's talk about it. Was it art or arson? How did it make you feel? I want to know all about it because I was asleep when it happened. So get yourself on our Skype cast. Now, Skype casts are large hosted calls on Skype. 
Let your opinion be heard with a group of up to 100 other burners participating from anywhere in the world. So get your tutu on and get out your shot glass. This Skypecast is scheduled for 9 p.m. tonight. Just click on the Burncast blog at burncast.blogspot.com for the details. Now, just a note this is the second time we've scheduled a Skypecast. The first one was a complete failure as I was unable to log into my account to moderate the discussion. So let's keep our fingers crossed that it works this time. Okay, finally, on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is this piece by listener Moses Ma entitled The Tao of Burning Man. Here we go. Hi, this is Moses. Moses Ma, and my playa name is Dow Jones. Anyway, I created this little gift I gave away at Burning Man called the Dow of Burning Man. I've practiced and studied Taoism for quite a while now, and it was pretty obvious to me that Burning Man is a very Taoist event. So I came up with a few poems akin to the Dow Day Ching about the nature of Burning Man. I gave one to Dabam, and when she saw it, she asked me to come on Burncast and read a few of these observations and to upload the booklet to the Burncast blog. So here I am, and let's get started. The first poetic offering goes like this Burning Man is like the Tao, in that the Burning Man that can be explained is not the true Burning Man. The true Burning Man is the essence of possibility out of which the myriad of existence springs. It is the something that emerges from the nothingness of the playa. It is Tao. Wow. Okay. The second poem is opposite a photo of the guy who walks around the playa wearing a penis suit. Or are there more than one of these guys? Anyway, it goes like this If Lao Tzu were alive, he'd surely want to visit Burning Man. He'd probably get a kick out of it. In fact, he might even dress up like this guy, walking around laughing his ass off. Everybody would say, Man, that is one fucking crazy Chinaman. Now, the third poem goes like this Lao Tzu said, I let go of the law, and the people became honest. I let go of money, and the people became prosperous. I let go of religion, and the people became happy. Now, Isn't that what Burning Man is all about? And here's the final poem, opposite a photo of Burning Man from the air. If you open yourself to the Tao, you and the Tao will become one. If you open yourself to Burning Man, be sure to hydrate regularly. Okay, that's it for me. Don't forget, what happens on the playa usually gets uploaded to the internet eventually. Blessings, peace, and be one with the Tao. Over and out. Thanks, Moses. To download your free copy of Moses' booklet, just click on our show notes at burncast.net. That's a wrap for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. Let's move on with today's show. It is now late September at the time of this recording, and Burning Man was a month ago, and I'm still cleaning and sorting things out. After the event, I took a few days to jump in some hot springs along Highway 395 and visit with my friends on my way back home. One afternoon, I drove past a slow moving art car that looked like something right out of the Beverly Hillbillies. As it turned out, I knew the driver, Mac Maker, who's an artist whose work reflects upon the American experience and American themes. Let's listen in as he talks about his process of decompression and what he thinks of the new theme. 
you, are you okay? I'm here with Miggity Mac, Miggity. also known as Mac Maker. Mac Maker, and I know Mac Maker from LA. Um, let's let our audience know what's going on. Um, we're, I'm driving down the 395, and I'm taking my sweet time and decompressing. And so are you? It sounds like, right? Yeah, I yeah, am definitely. Tell me about the decompression process for you. Every year, it's it's a little different. Um, but it's, it's really important for me to make the time to come back. And it's interesting, like, you know, with so many people, there's the frenzy to get back into it, whatever it is, back into the city and back into their mode. And for me, like, you know, the most important part of the burn for me is the drive back because I go out to the burn to flavor infinite possibilities, to flavor this idea of a magical dream and... and, and and I do, I flavor it, but in order for it to become real, I need to take the time to process it and spend my time on the road, like, really thinking about it and not just, okay, thinking about it and then putting it in some kind of context and moving on, but no, really thinking about it and then revisiting those thoughts. And I find the road to be a real hypnotic and soothing place to do that. It's interesting, though, like, every year I have friends who come with me and their drama of what they need to do always gets involved and I try to make it really clear from the beginning that it's important for me, especially from driving, to take the time to do that. And, and I try not to get caught up in that drama and chaos that they need to re they need to visit and revisit as they come back to LA. Because so I believe Burning Man is a place of, it's, it's extreme, but I don't think it's any more extreme than Los Angeles. You know, and I think we forget it because we're conditioned in that city to, to just f function and be, and this is the way it is. And it's crazy. You know, we live in, in, you know, just the way society has manifested everything, it's a bit crazy. And taking the time to process that allows me to come back and bring a little bit of the burn back with me and reminds me of who I am. You know, I go to the burn to remind myself who I am and to help reflect that to others, to help remind them, you know, with my gifts, who they are. And Do you ever forget who you are in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, I totally do. Just caught up in the mundane, caught up in the responsibilities of what I think responsibilities are and, and I forget what true responsibility is like I've realized for myself Burning Man is a true responsibility to my soul whether I make it to the playa or whether I make it to the highway or wherever I'm going and it's really important to to make that time for myself for my soul and I've realized Burning Man is a real in some ways, it's easy, you know, despite how hard it is to deal with all the physical manifestations of getting there and the camp and the art and the contributions. It's easy in the sense that I know I can go there every year to access my soul, to replenish my spirit, to remind myself who I am. And last year was really interesting because I, as an artist, I try to contribute something every year, whatever I can. And last year, Around the time of the burn, I was closing a gallery that I had of nine years, and I was caught up in a bunch of legal stuff, and I was really trying to wrap it up in order to go, and of course it wouldn't wrap up, you know, and I was tethered to Los Angeles and to these ideas of responsibility, and I didn't leave L.A., I almost didn't go to the burn, and it was Friday at 10 a.m. that I just said, fuck it all! Friday before the burn? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I jumped in my, I jumped in a... A little, little car that I share with a friend, it's a little convertible, and I always go with, you know, a trailer and huge tent and just everything, the bathroom sink and... The production. The production. And, and last year I went with my backpack and a bicycle. And I left on Friday morning, and I got up there Friday night, 
and it was amazing. Those two days were amazing, and I find that getting getting to the playa doesn't matter. I realized last year it doesn't matter if it's two days or one day or five minutes. Five minutes there is five minutes of headspace that I don't get anywhere else. You know, and I I mean I strive to get it other places, but it's just different there. How many years have you been coming to Burning Man? I've been going since '99, and I only missed one year. I think it was 2000. I think it was 2002, 2001, 2002, I'm not sure which year I missed, but you know, I, I didn't go, because, and I had tickets, but I thought I needed to be responsible and be in LA, and, and I realized when I was in LA that, that nothing compares, and, and I kind of made a commitment to myself then that, you know, to make the time to continue to go. So what was this year like for you? It was amazing. The last two years has been, I felt like I've been at a creative deficit, just with the responsibilities of, you know, in my, in my life, there were just certain responsibilities I had to, a, and to, a, to my ex, to a, who was a partner in a, in a house that I have. And, and your business. And my business, you know, I felt really committed and kind of tethered to that and kind of felt like I'd been sacrificing some of my creativity to make some some headway in, in trying to create a more of a financially secure life and at about I don't know three months I mean throughout the year I kept kicking around an idea of creating an art car for the burn and, and it wasn't until like the last three months prior to the burn that I started to get a little more serious about it and I still was kind of running in a, a certain cycle of responsibility and like I'm only going to work on the art car on weekends and we did it every weekend until the last four, last ten days before the event, and then it was just full on. And I know I really exhausted myself and threw myself into a world of fatigue, and didn't have as much help as I thought I would get. But at the same time, I got a tremendous amount of help and support. And so I got there late, fatigued, wouldn't stop until I finished the car, at least got it to a certain spot, and then rolled on the playa, totally exhausted, and was met with. A love and acceptance that I just I guess I on some level I anticipated it but on another level I guess I, I don't think I could and really fathom it and, and um, so many people were just enchanted and just had so many positive things to say about my contribution and at times I really felt like it was weird I didn't want to hear it you know like you know it's like ego stroking but mm -hmm. at the same time at the same time I mean that's the point the point is to it's, it's, the point's not to get my ego struck. The point is to touch other people. I mean, that's why I'm, you know, definitely I'm, I'm aware of my reason to contribute is these are my gifts, I have to give them back. And that is a place that has, has given me the same gifts. So it's, it's an easy place to, to go and try to return that gift. I'm looking at the side of this vehicle and it's a speech zone. Can you tell me about this? Um, it, there's another part of that sign that is inside the track. It says free. Oh, free speech sign. And about... So what occurred in this art car? Well, about three... I'm guessing about three years ago, um, through just where I stand politically and looking at this country, let alone the world, you know, and going to certain protests and trying to be vocal, I was completely dumbfounded by the concept of a free speech zone because we live in a country that's supposedly founded on certain beliefs that we have the ability to to speak freely and 
and was at a protest rally where there was this large area that was caged in and penned in that was dedicated to free speech. But I mean, caged speech seems absolutely insane. And I'd been out to the playa about three years ago. I, I mounted a small installation that was called the Free Speech Zone. And um, with the help of an involuntary corporate benefactor, Home Depot, <laughs> I, I was able to purchase all my materials and return them after the, almost all the materials and return them after the event. And I brought it out in different stages. It's been out three times. And then this year, my contribution, I wanted it to be as recycled as much as possible. So I recycled this free speech zone into, into this beast called Chandra. And the crow's nest on the car um, was officially the free speech zone. The whole car is dedicated to free speech, but that was uh, an easy area. So, an easy um, platform. So free speech being a tenant of, of the American way, can you comment on the new theme, American Dream, for 2008? I'm baffled that it's real. You know, I've been hearing rumors of this theme, and... and it's baff- confirmed. It's, it's, it's exciting. I find it really exciting. I've got, you know, I, I love freedom. I love the concept of it. I love the idea of it. And I see it totally at risk at this country. And, and I think as an event, you know, as much as the event has its problems and its own challenges and issues, for it to even insinuate or hint at the concept of the American dream and, and making people... Months before the November presidential election. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, I really... Just uh, just start the gears turning now. It's so exciting. Since 1999 until this year, I was driving around a, a red, white, and blue truck that was really? was was it was a beast. It was this big old suburban. It was my work truck, and it was dirty and white. And in '99, I spray painted it red, white, and blue, kind of to exercise my own ideas of freedom and speech and and independence and. And it was my own just exercise in it. And it was really bizarre to see how people responded to it. And after 9-11, I became, at first it was bizarre. The truck became a celebrity for a very short period of time. And then just in L.A. In L.A. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, immediately when it happened, it was kind of the truck became celebrity. But then as things progressed, people would flip me off. And I, would, I had a peace sign. At first it was, they fit me off and I painted a peace sign on one side of the car. And then the interesting thing was I had to be aware of what side of the car people were on when they flipped me off. Because one side had a peace sign, the other side didn't. Uh-huh. And it, it took some time to, to get a peace sign on both sides of the car. And it was bizarre how, how it evoked emotion in the people. I mean, prior to 9-11, I remember some guy yelling at me and calling me a commie. It was, it was interesting. It totally ran its course with me. The fact that the event now is pointing back to something like that excites me. As we wrap this up, I have a, a, a statement uh, or a sentence I want to share with you, and I'd like you to riff on that, and we'll close it out. All right, you ready? You have the power. 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 Within you lies the keys to infinite possibilities. Unlock your heart, flap your wings, spread your chest. Run, fly, swing, dream. Live it. Live it. Live it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
was Mac Maker decompressing on his way home from Burning Man along the 395. Next up is a talk about the American Dream theme with Brazilian virgin Cynthia. But first, this song by Black Alicious entitled Power, which can be found on the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. She had the motion of the ocean, how her hips display She had everybody looking back and everybody looking back And anything she wanted, all the guys obeyed now She won A sign for sore pupils and a She won To cause she knows she got it and She won The most intoxicating things to make a man with worries feel like everything is okay She got powers She reflects that she forces you to look She got everything you need and got everything you dream about Heavens in the slots and still your heart like a crook Now, she knows Exactly what you want and winning She knows To any mess, it's just to see you get it She knows Like the Nile, I think that she was half a GD in a lot Before this pressure one was took, she got And bubble when I see her, yes Wanna see just how deep her abyss gets lost in the magic of her secret bliss She is a bonafide keeper Just wanna travel inside and seek her death Mystique so fresh from the west coast to the east coast Step up, make a new broke It's up in a web, she don't need no net People, no one be hope She knows just what I need Make an ego, fly like an ego Feel a ego, B-O-B-O-Y-O She's so fly, lethal injection Frozen on my step like deep in the breath Keeping the breath, went like me in the head spin Doc, take a rain check, she is the medicine She got tricks and she got some treats You shake the ground underneath You knock you off your feet You dig everything about her From her head down to her father Cruise her melodies and sounds of music When she speaks now She's Consistent with her energies And the little games when it's time to play them Like the finest type of wine And just a whiff of her for mental Making knees get weak She got by Blackalicious. And now, we talk to Virgin Burner Cynthia about her experiences this year at Burning Man 2007 and her take on next year's theme, The American Dream. My name is Cynthia. I'm from Brazil, but I live in London. This is my first burn, so I'm a virgin. (laughs) 
and you came to Burning Man. How did you find out about it? Um, I had um, some friends who lived in London as well, and they came here about three years ago. They have been coming here ever since. So he convinced me and my other friends to come. So we came in a group of 18. From London? From London, but we are not all from London. We are from different parts of the world. Wow, like where? Um, we have in our group a, a girl from Germany, a guy from Norway, a girl from Italy, two Brazilians, two New Zealands, one South Africa, three English, one Irish. I think that's it. Multicultural, <laughs> definitely. Okay. So, how was your first burn? What did you think? I how long were you there? I loved it. I thought it was an amazing experience, and I don't know how to describe. I was like over the moon every day. And I, I don't know, I definitely will come back. What do you think of the theme, the American dream? Actually, when we, we heard about it, we thought we are definitely not coming. We thought it was a bit strange theme. So uh, it put us European off a little bit. I'm sorry to say that. Oh, that's okay. Let's explore that. How did it? Um, well, we thought that it was a bit too nationalist. And so we thought that we, we were not part of it because, you know, the team was a bit just for the Americans. So we, we we're not really sure about it. Do you think you'll ever come back to Burning Man? I will, but I'm not sure if I'll come back next year. <laughs> Do you have any advice from f any other um, people from other countries coming to Burning Man? Um, I think they should come and experience it and uh, see for themselves because it, it's, um, it's an experience that you can't describe to anybody and, unless you come here and do it. So wh whoever is out there, come and do it and you're going to have a blast. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Cynthia talking about her experiences at Burning Man 2007 and giving her opinion on next year's theme, The American Dream. We'll conclude today's show with a recording of the historic speech, I Have a Dream, by Martin Luther King Jr., which was delivered on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. on August 28, 1963. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. 
But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great bulks of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time 
make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro has granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must be able to conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people, for many of our white brothers as evidenced by their presence here today have come to realize that their satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. (laughs) 
No. No, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today.
never dreamed that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit our website at burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 775-363-5861 or click on the MyChinga recorder at our website. A very special thanks to Lecter of nospectators.com for hosting these podcasts. 